0: That you said, and I appreciate your friendship over the years that we've worked together. We're not just um, co-workers, but we're friends, and more importantly than even that, just the fact that we're both serving the same great God and in fellowship with one another. And I, So I appreciate that, good friends that love the things of God, that are doing the things of God, doing the work of God. And I'm glad to be here tonight with you all. Why don't we clap our hands to the Lord one more time and just thank Him for His presence. <laughs> Thank Him for the opportunity to be in His house and to feel His spirit and to worship together. I'm thankful for His presence, and I'm thankful for the people of God. No matter where you go, when you walk into an apostolic church, there's something different that you feel. And there's a connection that you feel with the people of God. No matter where you are in the world, there's that connection And I even remember as a kid, I often thought if I ever got lost, I would just want to find a church. I want to find the people of God. Even just if I didn't know anybody there, I know that if I got there, I would be safe. And so I'm glad to be in a place where truth is preached and the word of God uh, goes forth. And um, I appreciate that singing tonight. I I love to come in and see um, this brother here playing the drums. That's awesome. Growing and developing. Who knows all that God has in store over these next few years. So why don't you turn in your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 4, verses 16 through 20. It's Matthew chapter 4, verses 16 through 20. If you have it, say amen. The people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea For they were fishers. And he saith unto them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. One other place in Mark where it actually records the same exchange. It says, I will make you to become. And so that's not what I'm preaching tonight. But side note is that it's a process of becoming who God has for you. And he saith unto them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. Why don't we put our Bibles down and just pray that the Lord would speak to us tonight. God, I pray that you would speak to us from your word. God, your word is quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. We thank you for what we believe that you're going to do in this house. I pray you would open up our hearts and minds to your word, that you would anoint me as a vessel to minister your word tonight, that you would speak to your people and bless them. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we worship you, Lord. You may be seated. Amen. That, what we read here, is one of my favorite places in Scripture. Because I, I go in my mind to that moment where these men are here and they're going about their daily lives. They are doing what they know to do, what God has placed in their lives to do at that time. And so I want to tell us a little bit of a story here. Um, so pay attention with me as we start, but I read a book recently, or actually, it was, it was quite, quite a while ago. Um, I guess I'm getting old, you know, 30 is old, so quite a while ago, no. Um, but I read a book called The Power of Habit. It was by, I believe it was Charles Duhigg, and I was really interested in the science behind what he was talking about, so I read his book, and you'll see how this starts to connect here in a little bit, um. But the book starts with a story about a man named Eugene. And this man, Eugene, changed the way that habits are viewed forever. So in the early 1990s, he came down with a viral infection. and Normally, this was not a harmful virus, but they found that this virus made its way, made its way to his brain where the delicate folds of tissue were. And so it brought along with it a terrible fever. And the physicians told Eugene's wife that the damage was done and that all that they could try to do was contain it. They gave him these strong antiviral drugs. He ended up slipping into a coma, and for 10 days he was close to death. But eventually, Eugene started recovering. In dramatic fashion, his body and nervous system, they appeared to sustain no damage. So he began to, to recover. He began to look normal, began to function normally. However, they noticed that there were dark spaces in his brain where the disease had eaten parts of it away. And as the days progressed, he began swallowing, he began eating, and eventually walking around and talking to the nurses. And they were amazed. But his wife took him home, and he, she began to notice strange things. He couldn't remember the day of the week He couldn't remember their friends or getting sick. Any one of these things were were all gone from his memory. And as the years passed by, his age remained the same in his mind. So he always, if he was 50, he always thought he was 50. Um, This is a guy, though, that could get up in the morning and go and cook himself breakfast. Despite these physical um, improvements, there were still elements that caused them to wonder what exactly happened. His obviously concerned wife took him in for an examination, and what they found was that his brain could only retain information for one minute. New information could only be retained. So at best, everything else that he did was from past experience. He appeared to be living, on the surface, a completely normal life, But everything that he was doing was a habit that he had learned. So if it was a habit that he learned in the past to go cook breakfast in the morning, he could revert to that habit daily. If it was a habit that he took to go walk around his neighborhood, he could slip into that habit. If it was a habit that he had to walk around his own home, he could walk around his own home and navigate it. So he couldn't remember things, and this changed the field of neuroscience forever. The resulting studies that they did based on that knowledge was fascinating. So Eugene could do new things, but only if they became a habit, if he became, became a ritual of, I do this, I do this. Step one, step two. Habits are things that we all have, right? Habits like brushing our teeth, backing out of the driveway, that is a habit that involves many different elements. We don't think about it, but it involves buckling your seatbelt, pressing your foot on the brake, moving the gear selector. There's multiple things that are involved in that, and many of those things come together to form a routine. All that I mentioned is a routine that we get in a car, and we do that automatically. I don't know about you, but there's been times I got in the car, and I went to somewhere, and I was like, man, I didn't even think about where I was going. I just went. Right? I did that out of habit. And so those things all to come, come together, and we get into routines. We are all in some kind of a routine right now. There's nothing wrong with good routines. In fact, a good life is based on good, solid, Bible-based routines. But here we are on a Wednesday night, and we are in a Wednesday night routine we we got dressed to come to church. We got in the car to come to church. We sang a song and we worshiped God. And those are all good things. Those are all good routines. But the thing that we need to remember is that while we are in our routines, there are things happening behind the scenes that we cannot see. There are things happening in the spirit as you go about your daily prayer routine. There are things that happen in the spirit as you go about your daily walk with god your daily bible reading maybe that is a routine for you and that's a good routine maybe sunday morning you come here and you have a sunday morning routine maybe you eat breakfast before church so you get your coffee you do your routine and those are good things but i'm here to remind you that in fact in spite of the fact that we are going through those routines God can step in in the middle of whatever routine that we have and he can come in and he can interrupt that process those men that were there doing the work of God that he had called them to do were in a routine they were doing God's work for them at the time he had not yet called them to be fishers of men. At that moment they were called to be fishermen. they were called to cast their nets. And so why am I telling you about the that? It's because sometimes those routines that we have can work against us. They can put us in a place to where, We expect the same results. We expect the thing that we did yesterday to result in what we had yesterday. And so God doesn't operate constrained by these things. And so in Matthew 4, it sounds like those fishermen were in a routine. Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee. He sees the two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. This is what they were doing. This is what they were routinely doing. And he saith unto them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And here in verse 20, it says they straightway left their nets and they followed him. When Jesus stepped onto the scene, they dropped that routine to follow him, to follow the moving of the spirit. And so in Luke's gospel, it talks about how Jesus at that moment, he steps on to the boat. And so the day that Jesus steps onto the shore, the day that Jesus steps onto our boat is a day that anything can happen that's a day that something that you've been praying for something that you have been waiting for can happen when jesus steps in the boat nothing is ever the same again when jesus walked along those shores of galilee he brought a change to those men's lives that left them marked forever they never again went back to that routine the same way that they did before they walked into a new dimension because today was the day and that's what I'm here to preach about tonight today could be the day Today could be the day that God comes walking into your life, that God comes to answer a prayer that you've prayed for a long time. Today could be the day that God gives a miracle or gives healing or gives you hope for the future, gives you joy that you never knew that you could have. Today could be that day for us. Simon Peter and Andrew and others lived in a society that was praying for the Messiah to arrive. They were praying that for hundreds of years. And here comes Jesus, the fulfillment of all of those prayers. They had been asking, they had been praying. The Hebrew women would pray that they would be the one to bear the Messiah. And so I don't know what made Jesus go to those men except that he has infinite knowledge and infinite understanding. But here is hundreds of years of waiting, hundreds of years of praying. These very men may have been praying for the coming of the Messiah. And here they were the ones chosen to carry out his mission. What kind of a day was it like for them to see Jesus walking along those shores not knowing what it was that he had in store for them, not knowing the, the times in the future where they would be, they'd be preaching the gospel and the Holy Ghost would fall, not knowing the times in the future that they would be preaching and people would be healed, not knowing that their call to be fishers would turn into be a call of fishing men. They had no idea. But in Luke 17 and 14, I read, it says, And when he saw them, this is Jesus speaking to the lepers, he said unto them, Go and show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. It has been said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over again and expecting different results. And in most cases, that is true. If there's something we're doing that constantly gets us bad results, We need to ask ourselves, what do we need to do to change? But when you follow God's word, and you follow what he says to do, doing the same thing over and over again is not insanity, it's called faith. Doing the same thing over, praying, it's seeking God. That is not insanity, that's faith. Because the world calls us crazy, being that we're doing the same thing and expecting different results. We're preaching the gospel and we're expecting that maybe this time that person's going to receive the Holy Ghost. Maybe this time a healing is going to come. And that is the dynamic that God wants us all to be involved with. He wants to bring us back to a realization that no matter what kind of process I am in, no matter what kind of routine I am in, we need to look and expect that today could be the day. Today could be the day that he comes walking along the shores of Galilee and changes everything. In 2 Peter 3 and 4, they are talking about this dynamic. It's saying, knowing this first that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. So they're saying, they're, there's a, the Bible says there's a promise, and they are saying it has not yet been, been fulfilled, because all things are continuing the way that they were since the beginning of creation. There's a daily routine of sun coming up and sun coming down. There's a routine of summer and fall and winter and spring, and all things are continuing as they were. So where is the promise of His coming? Sometimes those things are there as a process. Sometimes they continue exactly like they have been. And I'm here to tell you that process will continue as it has until the day it doesn't until the day God decides to return. And then the scoffers are going to say, oh, we, reali- we should have realized, right? When Jesus comes, coming on the clouds, he's going to come on a day that might look like today, a day that you wake up and you follow your morning routine, you get your coffee that morning, you drive on the way to work. That day is a day that Jesus could show up. And I'm here to tell you that today could be that day. Jesus could come back tonight. Jesus could come back tomorrow. And we need to live our lives in such a way way that says today could be the day and I want today to be the day because I am living according to his dictates I'm living according to his word and I am ready for today to be that day I don't know about you but I want to see Jesus I want to have him come back and walk into my life even now here today I believe his presence can walk into this room and touch us and change us and heal us and bring joy and hope and if you believe that why don't you clap your hands to the Lord God, we have faith in what you can do. Hallelujah. And Luke 18, verses 1, this is Jesus speaking in a parable, and it says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. But there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me." The continual coming of that woman got the intention of what was an unjust judge. And aren't you glad today that we do not serve an unjust judge? We serve the just one. We serve the one who has our best interest. When we come to him petitioning, he's not like that unjust judge that does not want to hear our petition. God is ready, God is willing, and God is able. And so I don't know what it is that you're praying about, but that lesson shows me That the continual coming, the same thing over and over and over again. She came and she had a routine going to see the judge, going to petition him, going to ask him. And we might have those routines in our prayer. We're going and we're asking God the same thing over and over. I might be asking the same thing yesterday, the same thing today. But today could be the day that that prayer gets answered and God steps in and hears that. And I believe that that can be that way for us in this house today. Some things God answers in an instant and other things he makes us wait for. The angel said to Cornelius in Acts, thy prayers and thy alms have come up for a memorial. He did not say thy prayer thy prayers. That was something that he had to do over and over and over again. And think about it. If you're Cornelius, you're doing the will of God as much as you know. You're giving alms. You're praying. You're seeking God. But one day in prayer, an angel shows up. And God showed up on the scene to hear Cornelius' prayer. And he said, your prayers have been heard. I'm coming to your house today. I'm coming to answer the prayer of your heart. I'm coming to answer your desire. And so this is about whatever it is you may be praying for. But I want to show you the posture of somebody who gets an answer. In Luke chapter 15, verse 20, this is a familiar passage of scripture. We are talking today about the prodigal son and the father, right? We hear this story a lot. In Luke 15 and 20, though, it says, and he arose, this is the prodigal, and he came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Now, I want you to think about something. This father had vision. He saw his son a great way off. He was watching for his promise. And I think about the way that he waited. I can imagine him, him working with a view toward the road. When his son was coming down the road, he saw it. He was looking. I believe every day he went out to look and see if his promise was coming back down the road. And I'm telling you, there were so many days that he went out there and he did not see that promise. But I'm telling you, he also had the faith to go out yet again. To go out the next day and look and see if that promise was coming down the road. I think about Elijah where it says... um, He he sent his servant to go back to look to see if the cloud was there, and the servant came back, coming back and saying no. And he said, "Go again, go again." What was that? That was a routine, back and forth, back and forth, going again to look, but. What he saw was a cloud the size of a man's hand. And when he came back, Elijah said, that's it. And so when we see the first results of our promise, we need to claim it and say, God, you're coming down the road. The promise is coming down. I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. I see my promise there. And I am waiting with expectation. And I am believing that today could be the day. Today could be the day that a huge revival breaks out in this area. Today could be the day that souls come in by the droves that people receive the Holy Ghost. A miracle happens that the whole community knows about. And whether or not we have seen that yet, we still need to believe every time we come to God's house, today could be the day. Today could be the moment. Today could be the time. I'm going to run out to my promise with faith and with expectation. And so it says the father saw him afar off. And this is kind of a funny antidote. But if I take my glasses off, there's not many things that I could see afar off. If he was anything like me, he had blurry vision as he looked afar off. I wonder, and this is another side to this, how many times he would see a figure coming down the path. And he would run out to see if it was his promise, only to find out it wasn't. It was somebody coming in to do a business deal on the farm. It was uh, another family member coming to visit. I wonder how many times he mistakenly ran out to thinking it was his promise. And how many times can we even do that in our own lives? We may have seen something in the past that looked like it was the answer, that looked like it was the promise, that looked like it was that prodigal coming home or that healing but that still did not stop him from going out every time. And today, I might think it's it. and I might run out to it, and that's not it. But I'm coming back tomorrow, and I'm going to go see it. And when that promise comes down the road, I'm going to be there to meet it. I'm going to be there to meet my promise with faith and with expectation. Hallelujah. And I want to close in, in Luke 2. I have a bit more to go, but I want to talk about this before we end. Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 32. Now, this is the story of a man in Jerusalem. Luke 2, 25 through 32. It says, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. (laughs) took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of his people Israel. It says earlier in that that this man was led By the, it was revealed to him by the Holy Ghost. He came by the Spirit into the temple. And so that was the day that he was waiting for. But how did he know that he had to go to the temple that day? The Spirit led him, he was in the Holy Ghost. And I bet you something else. That was not the first time he ever went to the temple. If that was the first time he ever went to the temple, he wouldn't have been there to see the promise. But he had come to that place. That was a place that was familiar to him. So we have got to get in the Spirit To know when God is moving. To know when the time of our promise drew nigh. When he felt in the spirit that day, there was something that changed. That said, today is the day. Today is the day that what you have been waiting for is coming. And that is what we read about earlier in Matthew when it said that the people which sat in darkness saw great light. What they were waiting for came along that day. It walked along the shores and what they had waited for is what we experienced. Today, the power of the Holy Ghost. We experience the power of knowing who Jesus is, of knowing that there is only one God and knowing His name is Jesus. That was revelation that they were waiting for. The prophets didn't see the church, they didn't see what we are living in today. But aren't you glad that He came to us, that He came not only to the Jews, but He also came to the Gentiles, that His Word came and saved us, and that the Holy Ghost came down and it's for us. And I'm here to tell you today, if you do not have the Holy Ghost, today could be the day that you receive it. It's God's will that you receive the Holy Ghost. Now is the day of salvation. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And so if you do not have it, you can reach out to the Lord and he could fill you. Today could be that day. And I encourage us all, let's seek that. Let's ask that God, you would fill us with your spirit, that you would renew us yet again that you would renew us in the Holy Ghost I pray that we would run and not grow weary. That we would walk and not faint. That's a continual process. That walking and not growing faint, that's a process. Walking is a process. But God's Spirit comes to give strength. God's Spirit comes to give renewing. And it's not over yet. He always gets the final word. If you have a promise, hold to that promise. God said in His Word that He is the first and the last. Do not fear. He holds the beginning and the ending. And whatever you're seeking, if you lift that up in faith and you wait on the Lord, you will see that promise come to pass. There's people in this room, I know that you have needs. There's some things that you may have lost, some things that you're seeking. But God has a process And he said that they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. It's not a when, it's a shall. Strength is coming. Joy is coming. The answer is coming. Waiting is expectation. Waiting is not. So think about this. If you're at the airport and you're waiting for your plane, you're waiting knowing that that's coming. You're not sitting there aimless. You know that there's something coming. When we wait, we have to wait with expectation. We have to wait watching. Jesus said, watch and pray. He said to watch and wait because you will see the answer if you do that. Why don't we all stand in this house tonight? I know that we're here, and it's a Wednesday night, and and we're in that routine. We're in that routine this week but I I believe that God is calling for us and God wants to stir us up in faith to say, you know what, God, I'm going to pray again. God, I'm going to go and tomorrow I'm going to seek you again. God, maybe I've gotten a little weary in my routine. God, maybe I've gotten a little bit stale in my prayer and in my continual coming. But today... God, I am renewing my commitment to come in faith. When I come to prayer, I'm going to come in faith. When I pray for that loved one to come to God, I'm going to pray in faith. I'm going to pray believing. When I'm seeking a Holy Ghost, I'm going to pray that today is that day. And I'm here to tell you that the Holy Ghost is for you. If you have not yet received the Holy Ghost, you can receive it today. The Bible says to repent and be baptized everywhere one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. You can receive the Holy Ghost today, and the answer for you is to just begin to lift him up and to begin to repent and say, God, if there's anything in my life that's not like you, I give it to you today. I turn to you, God. I make that turn to walk toward you and direct myself in your truth and in your word today, and I reach out to you And if that's not you today, if you already have the Holy Ghost, I'm just here to encourage you, continue to pray. Continue to pray for revival. Continue to pray for a healing. Continue to pray for wholeness. Continue to pray knowing that God wants to pour out His Spirit. God wants to send an answer down the road of your life. And I'm here to remind you, today could be that day. So keep praying. So keep believing. Keep showing up to the house of God keep inviting that person to church keep believing keep the faith keep the hope knowing that at any moment there's breakout revival that's here at any moment your answer is on the way let's entertain and encourage his presence right now oh jesus we feel you in the house why don't we gather up around this front as a sign of our faith that god i believe you're gonna work jesus Oh Lord, I might have been praying for a long time, Jesus, but tonight I'm renewing my commitment to seek you again. I'm renewing my commitment, God, not just to let that prayer come off my lips in a routine, but in faith, God. I'm renewing my commitment to come this Sunday morning and bring my worship, knowing that Anything can happen as I worship you. I'm renewing my commitment to go and invite that person to the house of God. They may have said no a thousand times, but today could be the day. Today could be the day that miracle comes, that breakthrough comes, and we believe it. That financial miracle that you've been seeking, today could be that day. God, we're going to take steps towards you God, when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to start that day knowing that anything is possible, praying and believing that you would break through. We seek that breaking in of your kingdom, God. God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done, God. We believe it, Jesus. God, break into our lives. God, break into my routine. God, have your way. We seek you, Jesus. We reach out to you, Lord, believing this is the moment. This could be the day. This altar call could be the moment that, that you receive the Holy Ghost. Sunday morning, you could walk in. You could get a healing. You could get a healing driving down the road, a word of faith, a word of encouragement. I'm here to say, keep believing. Have faith. Have faith. God is working, God is moving, God is here, and we reach out to him right now. We trust him and
1: worship you, Jesus. Oh, that's it. Let's lift our voices to the Lord tonight. Let's magnify him. Let's let's worship him like we expect him to do something in our lives. We magnify you, Jesus. We exalt your holy name tonight, God. Oh, Savior, we come before your throne tonight with boldness. Lord, making petition today, God. Oh, we exalt you, Jesus, and we magnify your holy name today. Oh, that's it. Let's love the Lord for just a few more moments here tonight. Let's seek after his face. We exalt you, Jesus, and we magnify your holy name tonight, God. You alone are gracious and mighty. You alone are holy and righteous, Jesus. We know that all things, God, God, are in your hands. Oh, let your spirit have its way tonight. Oh, we love you tonight, Jesus. We love you tonight, Jesus. You are gracious today, Lamb of God. you jesus oh that's it let's seek out to the lord for a few moments here tonight let's not be in a hurry let's let the holy ghost have his way in our hearts today oh we love you jesus oh we love you jesus we love you jesus we love you jesus Say our hands and begin to worship Him tonight. We exalt you, Jesus. We magnify you in this house tonight, Jesus. You are so wonderful, God. You are so wonderful, God. Thank you for your goodness, Jesus. Thank you for your goodness. Hallelujah. Can't help but think. Elijah's servant went out six times. And each time he came back and he said, Master, there's nothing. The seventh time the Bible says he came back and he said, Master, there's a little cloud. There's a little cloud about the size of a man's hand. I don't know about that man, I'm not going to cast anything on that man, but I can tell you what this man would be doing if I was that servant, I would be emphasizing the little. No matter how insignificant that situation that you've been praying about, God sends you a sign, and you say it's just a little sign. Honey, you better you better buckle down, and you better stand up on your two feet and you better go and tell Ahab hey you better harness up your chariots and get on down the get on down the mountain because we're about to be overtaken by some flash floods because we're about to have an abundance of rain and it came from a little cloud brother Tuffy Don't write off the little things, folks. When God begins to talk to you and He begins to work in your life, hey, don't write off the little things that He begins to deal with you about because those little things are what's going to take you to to the unsurmountable blessings that He has in store for your life. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. Don't overlook the little things, folks. Cornelius, I'm sure he didn't go to prayer that morning expecting to see an angel show up in his house. But let me tell you something, he, he got up that morning, he said, you know what, I've been praying every day, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop today. I'm getting up today and I'm going to go to the Lord and I'm going to talk to him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give alms like I do every day. And lo and behold, the angel showed up. <laughs> I'll leave you with one last thing. God sent a man to encourage us tonight. I'm I'm encouraged in my spirit right now. I'm I'm so encouraged in my spirit right now. If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you get down to the last last bit of that chapter, down around verse 51, he begins to talk to the church there at Corinth. He said, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Now I know it's talking about the the, the last trumpet, and I know it's talking about going to heaven. But look, li- listen, we if we approach everything else in life the way that we approach the second coming of the Lord, what can God do in our lives? I believe He's going to come any moment. I believe I'm going to be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. I believe that's going to happen one day. But my goodness, I've been praying that some loved ones are going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. What's going to happen when I walk in the house of God and all of a sudden they came walking through the back door? What's going to happen that day? Am I going to say, man, I'm thankful that they're here, but maybe, maybe today's not their day. No, honey, when I see them walk through the back door, hey, today is the day of salvation. I've been praying about a situation in my life. I'm coming to church. I'm going to worship the Lord. But I'm not only just going to do that. I'm going to do it because I'm expecting today is the day of salvation. The Apostle Paul goes on through and he keeps talking about for this incorrupt, this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on Im- immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on that incorruption and so on and so forth, he goes on down. He said, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The, st- death, the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which giveth us, giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. in verse 58 says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. Steadfast. That emphasizes that, hey, you need to have some habits in your life. Regardless if you're seeing results right now, I'm putting together a habit. Because I, Want to see the things of the Lord. He said, be ye steadfast, unmovable. And he said this, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I got some habits because today could be the day. And I'm not stopping until I get the blessing. I'm not stopping until today is the day. I'm not going to stop then either because I got more stuff that I need God to deal with. I got got some folks I'm praying for down here in Lynn County. I got some folks that I'm praying for in my family. We got some folks that need some healing. You know what the devil wants to do? He wants to discourage you and say, man, you've been praying for them for weeks. They've been sick for weeks. You know what? I don't care. My God can do anything. And he can do it at any time. And I may wake up tomorrow and God has healed them completely and they're back upon their own two feet and they're out there doing things that God wants them and needs them to do. Amen. Because of your prayer. Don't stop praying. Today could be the day. Today could be the day. Thank you, Brother Pimple, for preaching to us tonight. My, I'm thankful for the Word of God. It knows how to minister to me. Thank God. For the word of God today. Amen. You guys are gonna fire me after having these these other preachers come through and they preach, what is it, 46 minutes now? It's 8 40 now. Amen. I'm barely I'm barely halfway through. Amen. No. I love each and every one of you. God's got plans, folks. I'm going to be here when his plans are fulfilled. And the only way I'm going to be able to see that happen and be here when that happens is if I remain steadfast and I continue abounding in the work of the Lord. As long as I continue, everything's going to be all right. And when the day comes, I'm going to be here and I'm going to be ready. They that wait upon the Lord shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Well, praise God. It wasn't they should. It said they shall. Praise God. Amen. God bless you all. We love you. We'll be here Saturday working around 9 in the morning. We'll be working. and. Uh, you can make it, come and join us, we're going to be tearing things apart, Make hopefully if we get enough, I I doubt we're going to make it to the dump again, but we'll fill the trailer up again at least, and uh, get things cleaned up, if we can get the table set back up, then we'll have Sunday school, if we don't have time to get the the table set back up this week, then we won't have Sunday school this weekend, Um, I don't know. I just don't know if that's going to happen this week. There's a few things we I I need to get taken care of. So let's just say this: Sunday, we'll have service, we'll have worship service, but we will not have Sunday school, at least one more week. And uh, I'm looking forward to having Sunday school again. We're going to do it, and uh, but we'll we'll uh, we'll take a break one more Sunday. Um, that being said, I know I I threw a curveball to everybody this past week. And uh, switched service to uh, 1130. Um, One thing that I've I've been thinking about, contemplating, and I've talked to other churches, and they said it seems to work best. Worship service, from this point forward, will always be at 1130 if we have Sunday school or not. Does that make sense? So if we don't have Sunday school, we'll get here by 11, we'll pray. 1130, we'll have service. We have Sunday school that starts at ten o'clock. Does it make sense? No, we would roll it all. We would roll, roll worship service all the way back to ten o'clock. If we do not have Sunday school, we would we would have service at ten. And so, all I'm saying is I'm trying to make it consistent. Every time we know worship service, we're going to have worship service at eleven thirty. All the time. If we don't have Sunday school, we won't get here at 10 o'clock. We'll just get here at 11 o'clock. Amen. And so that's that's just going to be the plan going forward because we have our worship service on all of our all of our advertisements. Everything says worship starts at 1130. And if we have guests, they don't want to come to Sunday school, but they want to be here for worship, that's totally fine. But what if we're not here by 1130? We're normally wrapping up at 1130. Don't want to cause any confusion for them. And I've also noticed that when we roll it back to ten o'clock, some folks aren't able to make it that early, and so that's why i want to want to make sure we we keep it there all right. Amen, God bless you all this coming week um